Welcome to FASD Hope, a podcast about fetal alcohol spectrum disorder through the lens of parent advocates with over 18 years of lived experience. FASD Hope provides awareness, information, and inspiration to those people whose lives have been touched by FASD. And I'm the host of FASD Hope, Natalie Vecchione. Welcome to today's episode. Today's episode is titled, Staying Sane as You Homeschool, a conversation with Kathy Cool. Kathy Cool coaches parents, teaching children with learning challenges. She provides resources, support, and guidance. After homeschooling her creative and distractible son who has dyslexia, Kathy interviewed 64 parents homeschooling students with learning disabilities. Then she wrote, Homeschooling Your Struggling Learner, a handbook equipping parents to teach children with many learning challenges. Kathy also wrote, Staying Sane as You Homeschool and Encouraging Your Child. She gives workshops and private consultations. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 through 18. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today. I have our favorite uh, special needs homeschool, I want to say resource, blessing, uh, cheerleader, um, just someone who's so experienced and has so much, not only lived experience, but professional experience in the area of homeschooling students who learn differently. I am speaking tonight with Kathy Cool. Kathy, welcome back to FASD Hope. Thank you so much for having me back, Natalie. And I'm talking about this wonderful little, I call it the little gem of a homeschool book. It's called Staying Sane as You Homeschool. And in our first um, conversation, Kathy had mentioned it, and I had the blessing of being able to read it. And it's such a wonderful book, especially this time of year. You know, we're getting into that almost like that just past that halfway point for many of us. And it's this time of year where a lot of times we just don't know what to do, or we're just tired, or, you know, things are just dragging on. So I'm so glad that Kathy's talking today about this topic, staying sane as you homeschool. And if you don't have it, I highly recommend purchasing it. You can look for it on um, our connection for Kathy on our fasdhope.com website. You can also find it on Kathy's website, which is learndifferently.com. And she'll be sharing that information again when we end our conversation. So Kathy, let's just have a quick update since our last interview. I spoke with you in the fall. You had some conferences and workshops and things coming up. What, what's been going on since we last spoke? Well, thanks for asking. I've had the privilege of speaking at several online conferences. Most recently, I spoke for a online conference based in Texas. Unfortunately, I didn't get to go back to Texas, uh, but I gave two workshops there. And then I traveled virtually to Alabama, where the University of Alabama's annual ADHD conference decided to include a homeschool speaker. So that was fun because it was me. There were some wonderful ADHD experts there. I'm lining up some more for the spring. My website, uh, learndifferently.com, has a page labeled Talks, and that'll keep you up to date if you'd like to hear me speak. And that's a wonderful resource for 
all you out there who are homeschooling is participating in these, um, what used to be in person and now they're virtual this year, all these wonderful conferences. Um, I was actually able to, to, uh, hear you and I participated in the Texas homeschool conference. And it's great because you have access to people you may otherwise not have been able to hear speak. So um, I highly recommend um, checking out not only Kathy, but checking out what's going on with homeschool conferences online. So that's wonderful. One more advantage to the online homeschool conferences for those of us with kids with fetal alcohol syndrome or other special needs is you can listen to it in pieces when you have the time, because most of the workshops are recorded and can be watched and listen or listen to later and you don't have to go through the difficulty of arranging childcare as you might if you were going away for a couple days or finding respite care. And that is a huge blessing for a lot of us. Yes. And I'm so glad you brought that up, Kathy, because that's actually what I did for the the Texas conference. I believe I was telling you before we started recording, I purchased, um, you know, it was, it was a few dollars extra. It wasn't that much, but I purchased the access pass so I could have access to those recordings. And yes, especially for parents of children that have FASD or other special needs. It's a blessing to be able to say, oh, you know what? I have an hour. I'm going to go listen to that workshop that I was interested in. So thank you for bringing that up. That's awesome. Last interview, we we spoke a lot about the whys and the hows of homeschooling students who learn differently, particularly your book, Homeschooling Your Struggling Learner, and then also talking about learndifferently.com. What inspired you to write this lovely book, Staying Sane as You Homeschool? Well, after I finished writing the first book, I had the opportunity to speak at more and more homeschool conferences and online events and in-person events. And as I spoke with people and learned more from parents about what was helping them keep going and consolidated my thinking, I realized that a lot of what was helping moms of kids with special needs keep going and they homeschooled would help any homeschooling parent. And in addition, what helps those parents keep going, what helps us keep going can help any parent, not just homeschoolers, not just parents of kids with special needs, but everybody struggles with one issue or another. So I wanted to write this for all homeschoolers and, um, although my editor said I could call it staying sane as you raise kids, Um, but I do have a special emphasis on homeschooling in this book. So it's kind of my love letter to homeschoolers. It's the, all the encouragements I want to give my friends who are also raising special needs kids or homeschooling, and we can be so hard on ourselves. Yes. Yes. And you discuss that in this book. Um, I love that. A love letter to homeschoolers. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm jumping ahead, but I'm going to talk about this last sentence on the back cover. I love this. She has not asked her children if they think she stayed sane while homeschooling. I love that. I just think that's such a hilarious observation that, you know, when we look back at our homeschool journeys, 
we, you know, think about all the things we did. And <laughs> that's just a wonderful sentence that stood out for me that, you know, here's some perspective. Kids, do you think that I stayed sane <laughs> while I homeschooled you? <laughs> I still haven't asked. And they still haven't said, and they both in the back of the book. I love that. I love but that. An astonishing thing happened the, uh, the other day. Um, my, I, well, it's not astonishing that my daughter started homeschooling her kids um, because they're kind of exceptional and because in her particular community, homeschooling looked like a really good option. But my son who was homeschooled has been on the fence sometimes about whether or not his daughter would be homeschooled. And a couple of weeks ago, he said, yeah, we think we want to homeschool her. And if you want to help, that would be great. So That's wonderful. I may have my new job. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love that. So diving into this book. And again, it's such a wonderful read because I, I actually, so I keep this book. I have a, a little basket of books that I keep by my nightstand, you know, and they're like my go-to books for like when I have, after I'm done reading my Bible and after I'm done praying, you know, that I have like a little chunk of time, which is usually not often, but, but what I do, and this is one of the, the, the go-to books I go to because you just have just these nuggets of wisdom that, that I like to say. So let's talk about part one in this book. Well, excuse me, but sure. Natalie, I first have to say thank you. Cause that's about the nicest thing I can imagine anyone saying about my book. And since I wrote it to encourage people hearing that you're encouraged by it is a delight. Thank you. Thank you. So let's talk about part one sabotaging your homeschool. This really resonated to me, especially when I was thinking about when we first started homeschooling our son. A couple of key themes that you wanted to resonate with your readers, especially for me, having a son that has an FASD or for other families having uh, children with special needs. The chapters that really resonated with me were, we've always done it that way. And how are we growing? Because when I first started homeschooling, I remember thinking I had to recreate school at home. And especially talking to all those who are going through COVID and schooling at home, we know that schooling at home is so much different than homeschooling. And then how are we growing? That made me reflect about how not only I know our children benefit from homeschooling, but how we as parents benefit from homeschooling. So from part one, what are some main themes that you really wanted to communicate to the readers? I think as parents of kids with special needs, we have tremendous pressure on ourselves. We love our kids and more than anything, we want to solve their problems for them, whether it's a good idea or not. <laughs> But um, especially as they're younger, we are desperate to fix everything we can. And naturally, we will do whatever we can to get the best therapies. And if we're homeschooling, the best curriculum. And we can exhaust ourselves. We can create in our minds this imaginary, perfect educational experience. And then we beat ourselves up for not getting there. Well, that's wrong in several ways. First of all, we're only human. And second, if we spend our time beating ourselves up, what are we teaching our kids by our example? They are probably going to struggle all their lives since that's part of human nature to one extent or another to struggle. 
And if we make it seem to them like failures and disappointments are just absolute disasters that we won't tolerate, then we're not equipping them to be resilient and to persevere. So I think that's a big one, just learning to not beat ourselves up. A second thing would be taking time to nurture the relationship with our kids. Part of that, and you say, okay, I'm not going to beat myself up, but I really got to get this child to learn to count or to learn to read or to do long division or to remember to, I don't know, whatever it is. Some of those things, we can just put so much pressure on our relationship with our kids that it's almost like we're the 24-7, I won't say therapist because I don't want to put down therapists and I won't say teacher because I don't want to put down teachers but it's almost like a business relationship we're having with them. And we really all have to remember to be the mom and be the dad and love on them and hang out with them. You don't homeschool 24 seven. You don't correct their grammar while they're brushing their teeth or while they're falling asleep. Um, we've got to take off the teacher hat some of the time and, and play with them, enjoy them, you know, point out the fire truck without giving a lecture on civics and just, enjoy life with them. I'm a Christian and I, some of you listening are, and I know that Jesus came to give us life in all its fullness. And he didn't say life in all its worksheets. It's got to be a full life and not just a get the work done and then go to bed kind of life. I love that. I love that. I'm going to use that as a quote. <laughs> That's wonderful. And it's so true because we often get so caught up in the work that we forget the worth of homeschool, you know? That's it. Yeah. There's a big difference. And I think about that now that I'm starting this homeschool journey again with our daughter. So I'm really trying to put in those times that like, for example, today, uh, you know, we made Groundhog Day puppets and it was fun and it was hilarious. And, you know, tomorrow we're going to be talking about Groundhog Day and we're doing our unit study and everything. And I remember her just saying, this is going to be the best Groundhog Day ever. And I thought, you know what, that's, you know, that's one of the many reasons why, why we're doing this because of that connection, mm -hmm. because of that connection. Oh, I love those points, Kathy. So moving into part two about the, the meat and bones of how can we, how can we take our care of ourselves? How can we, you know, do this? Okay. So we, we know the, the whys, but now the hows. So balancing our priorities in your experience, you've had a lot of experience working with homeschool families. What are some of the most common challenges that you've seen in families and moms and parents in keeping a balance in their homeschool lives? I think giving themselves permission to take time off at the end of the day, making, I have trouble making myself go to bed on time. I know that that's even an issue for me now, but especially when I'm homeschooling, um, those sort of disciplines, my husband is really good at this. He will be off work, have his nose in a book he's reading for fun at nine o'clock in the evening. Of course, we're empty nesters now, so there aren't all the bedtime stuff. And very disciplined about making time to get away from his responsibilities and unwind time. So unwinding time, uh, sleep is a problem. I know, especially for those of us 
raising kids with FASDs or other special needs, sometimes it's really hard to have a date night. And that's one of the things I talk about in the book is that you really have to schedule that time with your husband. For my husband and me, when the oldest child got old enough that we could leave them alone in the house for 20 minutes without violating any state laws, <laughs> um, we would just take a walk around the neighborhood. And in those 20 minutes, we wouldn't talk about the kids for most of the time. That's one of my rules. I have several rules for um, date nights. And one of them is you talk about the kids less than half the time. Now, the other thing is ice cream really helps, but it's not an essential. <laughs> uh, even sometimes we would go to the hardware store, but mainly not talk about the kids and maybe stop for an ice cream cone on the way home. And just that mental break was so helpful. So on those walks, my husband could tell me what's on his mind about work, or I could tell him about other things that were on my mind. Um, those are the, the top three things, I think. And they're good reminders because we forget those so quickly. Those are the things that we forget to do so quickly. So since COVID, for example, my husband and I haven't been able to go out on dates, but we have date nights, kind of date nights in, you know, where, you know, if my, our son is occupied talking with a friend or playing on the Xbox with a friend and our, our daughter's asleep, then we kind of have our date nights in where I love that rule where you don't talk about the kids for, you know, at least half the time. And we talk about something that's just interesting or, or fun for us. You're reminding me of my friend, Linda, who did something similar. You're absolutely right. Date nights don't have to be out, although there are <laughs> drive through <laughs> That's right. drive throughs are good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. In fact, my husband and I had to um, take my mom to the hospital last week to get checked up after a fall. She's fine. But um we had, you're not allowed in the waiting rooms anymore. So we ran and got curbside delivery of some food, went back to the hospital parking lot, sat in the car and ate. And my husband said, we're having a night out together. <laughs> I love it. In our car. But what I was going to tell you about my friend, Linda, who, while she had three elementary school age boys at home, she was homeschooling every Friday night, Linda's husband would come home and make spaghetti spaghetti dinner. They would feed the kids early, send them off. I don't know if they went to their rooms to play games or were watching a movie, but they were out of the way and the parents would eat separately together alone. I think even had candles out, but just a little quiet evening at home. So no, it doesn't have to mean going somewhere. It doesn't even have to mean spending money. Right. Right. But it, it is the time. It's just spending that time and, and remembering who you were before you became homeschool parents. You know, you were a, a couple. And um, yeah, I, I love that. So um, what do you think were your top priorities when you were homeschooling your kids um, in staying sane and staying um, just having a sense of renewal in your homeschool journey? Well, the biggest thing came not from homeschooling, but before that, um, when I was in college, I attended a church that taught the importance of taking Sundays off as a day of rest. And I thought that sort of made sense because I went, at a, went to a school where people were very serious about studying. We spent a lot of time studying. It was a fun school. It's William and Mary and it's a fun school, but people joke around that it is a study school. 
And it was helpful to take those days off. But my senior year, I did my student teaching at a high school in Williamsburg. And those Sabbaths, those days off really helped me stay sane that semester because I found student teaching tough. I'm told that everybody either has a miserable first year teaching or a miserable student teaching experience. And I went for the short one. <laughs> but um, having one day off in seven, whatever your circumstance, whether you're homeschooling, raising kids, empty nest or college student is such a good reset. I just read today about a mom who was saying that she found it helpful to get off social media that day um, because otherwise it helped her fight the temptation of continually scrolling, the doom scrolling we're all tempted to these days, or just the mindless one more silly video that can waste our time. Another part of keeping the Sabbath, taking a, a day of rest, whether it's Sunday, Saturday, Friday, whatever your Sabbath is, Another advantage of that is when you choose to disconnect from, from shopping, that's a good reset for your mind. It's not all about money. We live in a very commercial society. It's a time for rest, physical rest. I have a friend who insisted that her kids go to their rooms for an hour in the afternoon, not so that they would nap because they were 13, 12, and 10, but so she could take a nap. <laughs> or another family I know took walks then. It's a time um, for many of us to have a day of worship, a time to devote ourselves to thinking of where we're headed, heading for heaven, of what Christ has done for us. And that's a wonderful reset. It helps us focus. It's a way of saying practically, if you're um, a Christian, it's a way of saying that God's in charge and I can pretty much take it, I can take a day off and I'm not depending strictly on my efforts every waking moment. Now, when I say take, take a day off, I should add that for parents of kids with special needs, for any parents, for any living person, that doesn't mean we do nothing. If the kid spills milk, I'm going to mop it up, but I'm not going to take on waxing the cars or waxing floors or remodeling. Um, I'll do essential work. Um, I'll cook if we're having company over back when we could have company, but I probably won't make the fanciest dish unless it's something that I can do in my sleep, something pretty easy. Maybe I'll throw it in the crock pot the night before so I can still enjoy having people over. Certainly if a kid gets sick, I'm doing what I need to do to clean up, but I just kind of keep it to essential work. And that is so refreshing. I love that. And I also do our family. Also, we, you know, worship and our Sunday is our Sabbath. You know, I, I don't do any work, any scheduling, any, and, and it's really a day of connecting, not only with the Lord, but connecting with your family. You know, we have a, a few acres out here. So we wake up in the morning, you know, my poor husband makes pancake breakfast you know, every Sunday and he, uh, but, but we all are in the kitchen and, and we worship at home. We've been home churching because both of our children have underlying medical conditions. And right now, you know, it, it's not, it's not in their best interest to go to a church. So we have been 
worshiping at home. We've been watching our pastor from New York at home and we've been worshiping. And then um, my husband and son and I, we do a little Bible study. And then my husband and daughter and I will break up into a little Bible study when we're done. And, you know, it's great because I, I never book any interviews, never do any type of work. It's, it's really just rest and renewal. And, and I love that. I love that. And I always love talking with you, Kathy. You're just, you're, you have such a calm, reassuring presence. So, and I, that came out in the book too, which is something I need to hear because I'm sure I'm not the first mom who's told you, you know, sometimes I just don't know if I can keep going with homeschooling and now I have to start all over again, you know, but I think that for me, I'm taking the lessons that I learned with our son and using them with our daughter. And I have to share with you because I think this happened after I spoke with you last time, our son, when he's not doing apprentice work and when he's not doing his part-time computer classes online, he once in a while, you know, I'll ask him if he can help teach our daughter, you know, so, and she loves it. So if you have, if you're, if you're homeschooling multiple ages and the littles love the, the bigs, then use that, uh, use that relationship. So I'll have him, it's usually averages like once a week, I'll have him be my substitute. And it's so funny because I believe it was last week, our daughter was saying something to the effect of you're the most fun teacher that I've had. And our son said, well, no, actually mom's the most fun teacher you're ever going to have. And I, oh my goodness, that was like my birthday and mother's day present all rolled into one. Oh, that's great. And then I gave him this big hug afterwards. And he's like, yeah, I know you heard me, (laughs) but it's so sweet when you're, you know, if you have more than one child, when the one child will tell the other child, you know, homeschooling is really great. That made me think about like our conversation before just about there's so many hard times, especially when you have a child that has an FASD or another diagnosis, there's so many hard times, but then those, there's those moments like that, that you savor and, and you just say, you know, thank you, Lord, for, for, for letting me hear that. Now, hopefully she'll remember that in a few years, you know, when we start getting into harder math and stuff. (laughs) I didn't put this in the book, but one other thing I do to help myself keep going is something you could do with that. When my kids were little, I started a file on my computer back when my computer was a new exotic thing uh, (laughs) long ago and where I just jotted down in one folder, funny things my kids said. Oh, I need to do that. And um, that could also be a folder of encouraging things they've said. I have the folder, a physical folder that I keep of cards that have been a big encouragement to me. We all keep cards that our kids write. I, I have cards from some other people that are meaningful to me and places, groups I've taught and friends that have sent notes of encouragement. But you can save those sweet notes your kids write you or the goofy ones And I have piles of those. And I just encourage you to put them someplace where you can find them. Because then one of those days when you feel like you are a walking disaster and you wonder why God ever made you. Um, By the way, the first thing to do at that point is say, I'm probably sure to sleep. We'll examine this tomorrow. Yes. (laughs) Or the baby's teething maybe next week. but, But then come back to it and also look at that folder look at those things and just remember, okay, I haven't always felt this way. Here is physical evidence of people contradicting me. Another kind of encouragement 
um, can be found in exercising. Now, if you're like me and you hate exercise, that may sound like the goofiest thing you've ever heard. I was 40 before I found a sport I liked. Um, I discovered eventually that I liked jogging. Um, and I also started doing martial arts because my son was doing it and it was really cheap. <laughs> and the teachers were fabulous Christian couple that were very encouraging. I'm fairly klutzy. So it took quite a while to find a sport and they were a big part of my discovering that I could enjoy sports, but whatever it is and however long it takes, just try different things. Even if it's just walking, if you have allergies and can't walk outdoors, um, can you get a treadmill? Can you get a, a stationary bike or put one of those, a regular bike on a stand? Doing something physical is so good for your mind. When I took um, karate, the karate lessons, that was a half an hour of, or an hour of a day where I was obliged not to think about what my son was doing or else I would get assigned extra push-ups if I was off looking over at him. So it's a mental break. Now, I know that sounds like a crazy sport for um, middle-aged women to be doing, but it was very helpful to me. I, my balance has improved. Lots of things have improved. And, but maybe there's something else you like. Maybe it's bowling. Maybe in these COVID times, it's going to be something out in the backyard, just you. Maybe you're going to go out there and practice putting or um, whacking a tennis ball against the side of the house with your racket. Gardening uh, with gardening. spring coming up. Yeah. Yes. What, whatever it is, look for a way to do something physical, especially during COVID times. Um, it's really good for your body to get out. It's good for your soul to be outdoors and see trees and sky. And remember that your problems are kind of small compared to the whole universe. <laughs> and it's refreshing. It really helps you keep going. So Kathy, I love all of these encouraging words of wisdom. I especially love writing down what your kids say you know, the funny things and the hopeful things. And I know what I'm going to do now in that basket by my nightstand where your book is, I'm going to put the folder right behind the book <laughs> so go. that when I read, you know, glimpses of that, when I, when I read, when I glean that <laughs> book, I will then go to the folder and say, okay, this is my little nugget of, of encouragement. So thank you for all that. And I'm writing down these tips so we can share with our audience too. Great. So, you know, that I like to end our episodes of FASD hope on a hope takeaway, which is something that our listeners who are homeschooling, who are virtual schooling at home, especially those listeners that have children that have an FASD or other brain-based diagnoses or special needs, how can they stay sane and balance their priorities? What are some words of hope you can give for them? I mentioned earlier that we tended to beat ourselves up with imagining a perfect ideal educational situation that doesn't exist. And if it does, we probably can't afford it. And it's 75 miles from our house and we can't commute there. <laughs> so I think what I'd say is what I've said to some moms occasionally who put the standard too high. I'm all for excellence in education. I loved learning. I loved going to college. I even like taking the SAT. I'm really weird. But um, you just have to say to yourself, sometimes good enough is good enough. So 
that's what I, I'd say to you moms who are trying desperately hard and you facing a decision or you're not sure how you're going to make it through the next month of homeschooling is just one foot in front of the other and keep on and don't think it has to be perfect. It'll be perfect in heaven. <laughs> We're not there yet. Amen. Amen. Oh, Kathy, it's so wonderful talking with you again. I hope I can talk to you. Maybe I'm, I'm going to figure out a way that we can talk at the end of this year. <laughs> we'll think of something. I don't want you to write another. Well, I do want you to write another book, but. <laughs> <I have. laughs> oh, okay. There we go. I'm we'll already about it. <laughs> I'm already thinking about fall. All right. Thank you again for being on FA Stay Hope. Can you give us your um, contact information in case anybody would like to reach out and get in touch with you? Certainly. My website is learndifferently.com. Um, and on that website, there's a contact page, but on every single page down in the lower right-hand corner, there's a little blue bubble that says, got questions. You can use that to send me a question or you can use that to request a free 15 minute phone consultation. Uh, there's also right on the front page of the site, more information if you want longer consultations, I'm happy to talk with you. I'm getting to do more of that these days as more of us are finding ourselves homeschooling, virtual schooling, hybrids <laughs> and all of the above. So yes, please, I'd love to talk to you. Just check, get in touch with me at learndifferently.com. And I'm very happy to say that I know a mom personally who listened to our show and she reached out to you and for, for a consultation. So if you're listening out there, utilize that. Kathy just has so much wisdom and so much experience and she gets the journey that we're going through. So again, Kathy is listed under our resource section of FASDHope.com and you can also find her at learndifferently.com. Kathy? I will talk to you later this year. <laughs> it's no question. We're just going to do it because I think we have fun when we talk. So thank, sure you. thank you so much again for being on FASD Hope. Thank you so much, Natalie. It's a pleasure. I'm so glad you're doing this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. And everybody out there, stay sane while you homeschool, stay safe, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks again for listening to FASD Hope with Natalie Vecchione. If you like our show and want more information, check out FASDHope.com or please leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Podbean, iTunes, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Make sure you join us next week. And remember, to be informed, take care, and always have hope.